Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to another episode of For the Water Cooler, the show where you get to hang out and chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I am Matt Scalisi. I'm joined, as always, by Caroline Darney. Caroline, I'm, I'm, I was gone all last week, not from the podcast, but I'm... The audacity. I have returned. Uh, Welcome back. How was I'm, your trip? Where did you go? What do you want to tell us about it? I went to College Station, Texas, which is where uh, Texas A&M <laughs> is located. For people who don't know anything about Texas A&M... It's a vacation hotspot, is what I've heard. It, yeah, well, <laughs> I, first of all, it's ext- it is hot, so if you like that. <laughs> but it, it, it's, um, it is one of the... I'm going to try to be very nice here. It, it is one of the most unique colleges uh, yes. in, in our country. They have a lot of traditions. Yep. And, and I, I, I realize every college does. The ones at Texas A&M are very, very weird. And uh, and I, I don't think they would dispute that. It's, very, yeah. it's like uh, everything they do there is like uh, time froze in 1942. Yeah, it's dialed up to 11. <laughs> Yeah, very. Did you go for the Auburn game? Is that why? Well, I was there at the Auburn game. I actually was uh, was uh, participating in a live show with a group uh, called SEC Shorts, which are some friends of mine who uh, make some really funny internet videos. You should go check them out if you like college football. Uh, But they do a traveling live show, and they've they've been nice enough to include me, and uh, I get to be a part of it. So it was really fun. I got to shoot a t-shirt cannon on stage. Did you so, have to sign any sort of like liability waivers for that? I probably wonder, should, like, I, I probably should have. I'll be honest, but I did not do like that. I've and, seen that Simpsons episode, isn't that with uh, how Flanders' <laughs> wife dies? She like gets knocked no. off the back end of a stadium from a t-shirt gun. It, it, the the power I felt in my hands was uh, <laughs> intoxicating for sure. <laughs> like, what are you hold? Do you still have it? What's behind you? I think it's all. I think it was. It's only legal in Texas. The t-shirt <laughs> cannon that I had. They have one of the like t-shirt cannon things. At, it looks like a Gatlin gun. Like, oh, I've like, seen the Gatlin gun. Yeah, t-shirt. at UVA oh basketball, God. and they they roll that thing out and like um they well that's one of those things like when you're at like a game they're like no time for the Smithfield ball blaster. I'm like who <laughs> named this? <laughs> Yeah, what those are things doing? are those things are incredible. I, and I don't launching like those foam balls like at the top top level of the basketball arena. I'm just like, I okay. think I think the rule for that should be that uh, no one who wants to to fire it should be allowed to. It should be <laughs> it's, it's a responsibility that should only fall to a reluctant person. <laughs> well, and then I'll just to stay on this topic for a second because it always cracks me up. Is they also then will bring in um like before lacrosse season or whatever they'll have like the men's lags team come in and like throw t-shirts to people in the stands with the sticks. <laughs> Wait, they you, throw, oh, like with a lacrosse like, stick? Yeah, they throw the like tied up t-shirts to like you know. And so listen, if you ball those things up tight enough, you can yes. really get some momentum going. There's on like them. a first team all American out there with a stick, just launching t-shirts into the first like first row upper deck. Anyway, love love t-shirt 
projectiles. Yeah, it was fun. It's like really people go if you if you offer to throw a t-shirt into a crowd of people, you see the worst of humanity. At that oh, they moment. lose their minds. They're all they just reaching minds. over each other, grabbing at it. Yeah, it's crazy. The people could have literally just seconds before been grumbling about how bad the team was or like how bad whatever like or even making fun of the t-shirts because generally the t-shirts are as wide as they are long. Yeah, and you end up in the shirt that you like. Either it's too small. You got a triple XL. Yeah. yeah, like you just can't, you know, it's one that you end up wearing painting around the house. And yet if you get one of those, it is like the pinnacle of achievement. <laughs> like, oh, I got the t-shirt. You, you're like, how was the yeah. game? Like, oh, they lost, but I got a t-shirt. Like, we're very, we're very simple creatures to, yes. uh, to bribe and manipulate. <laughs> yes. 100%. Well, listen, speaking, we're, we are here at, at for the water cooler. We are part of the, for the wind family. And, what we tend to cover as a general umbrella is the place where sports and pop culture meet. And, and woo, buddy. boy, did they meet. Boy, uh, did they meet this weekend. <laughs> it, has, it has been a quite a union, I would say, so far. Uh, for those who, who do not exist in this plane of existence, I guess, uh, Taylor Swift now appears to have been confirmed to be dating uh, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. And... The way that the, I mean, there has been speculation about this. I would say that Swifties have obviously known about this for a while, but it was confirmed because she showed up to a yeah. Chiefs game Not sitting only in a box with his mother. With his mother, with yeah. the legendary Donna Kelsey. Which okay, so there's a lot of levels to this. I love every single bit of this. Yeah, this please, ex- please, please do because illuminate me. I am in the part of the Venn diagram that loves and knows things about football and is obsessed with Taylor Swift. So like I am like the the target demo for this. This is outstanding for me. This is finally my worlds are colliding. This is fantastic. Um and so there's been rumors for a few weeks. So you gotta go back to uh early July, Taylor played Taylor, we're on first name basis now. Um Taylor had her era's tour shows in Kansas City at Arrowhead, yeah. which she sold out Arrowhead. There were like, I don't know, eighty thousand people, whatever it is, like bajillion people in kansas city for these shows and part of the thing with the eras tour if you go back i think we had a talk like mike gold jr who's our very first guest on the the show um told us about his experience like going to the he went in vegas and part of the allure not allure but the just kind of what you do at a taylor swift concert now is you make these friendship bracelets etc etc so since everyone has a podcast, uh, Travis and his brother Jason Kelsey have a podcast, and they and for those who don't know, Jason Kelsey plays for the Eagle. Played for the Eagles? Did he retire? Or does he still play? I should I should follow up on that. But plays for the Eagles. Uh, they faced each other, and yeah, Ch- producer Chandler. Thank you. He still plays. I was like, good for a second. I was like, did he retire? And I missed this. Um, plays for the Eagles. They have this lo- lovely podcast, and it's very funny and. Jason asked Travis about going to the Taylor Swift concert at Arrowhead. Again, this is like back July 8th or something like that. And he tells Travis tells this whole story about how he was bummed out that she didn't talk to any quote, you know, VIP folks, I guess like before or after the show, because she has to save her voice to sing the 44 songs over three and a half hours. And he was like, I made her a friendship bracelet that had my number on it. (laughs) And so his, and I love that shot like shoot that shot that's great like that's you know it's very uh and it's easy to be confident when you're like a six six handsome 
multi-millionaire tight ends. Like right. I understand that it's a lot easier to shoot your shot when, when I do love, I, I do love that. I've seen some Twitter dialogue around <laughs> this of like, see guys, just, see, just shoot your shot. See men. You just have to project some confidence. And also, by the way, be and like also. one of the top 1% of 1% of male specimens on the planet. <laughs> yeah be charismatic and handsome and rich please right. but shoot I, shot. i'm sure she i'm sure she was only attracted to him because of because of his confidence and whatever witty lines yeah. he had to say but so he was it was just really funny that it looked like he missed his shot all this stuff etc and then there were after that podcast episode went live you know that you start seeing a couple of the like oh taylor and travis have been quietly hanging out which is like code for like it's and that's basically like super famous celebrity date because look the thing that really stinks well not stinks because again she i don't she's extremely popular right now she's mm-hmm. extremely rich and she's savvy she is a great businesswoman she's got you know they're doing the um eras tour like concert movie is coming to theaters this fall um all of that and she always makes the right steps where it's like she cleared that with the um with the sag after unions to make sure she wasn't scabbing or crossing any line like and it's just always kind of following these like protocols you it was she's a savvy businesswoman but she also cannot go literally anywhere because if anyone gets wind that she's like there's so many things where paparazzi are forming around where she does her gym classes sure she has there's no semblance of a normal life no and so like when you say like quietly hanging out like that's like they rent out a place a, a restaurant right. or i don't know what that they're, is. i don't know i would what that like. i would guess that their people probably have to arrange for it to yeah happen. and you're like yeah. going in like back doors and like trying to you know keep people from watching so all this stuff is kind of people are starting to ask questions etc et you got jason out there saying like it's happening <laughs> it's the travis, <laughs> you know? so then travis goes on the broiest bro show and is talking to pat mcafee and drops this like i saw her rock arrowhead now she needs to come see me rock arrowhead and everyone was like oh <laughs> terrible pickup line but she shows up at arrowhead to watch them play the bears also smart by our girl because the bears are awful and the chance right. of she losing was very slim and therefore you don't put yourself in a jessica simpson situation where she all of a sudden gets all the blame for tony romo being bad and so you know it's this whole great moment and everyone's like eating it up. They, um, want well, the, it's, let's say, let's, let's talk about the people who aren't eating it up a little bit. Caroline, <laughs> Cause that interests me too, because one of the great things as our friend, Alex McDaniel has pointed out, one of the great things about this situation, um, is that, is that it pissed off probably the funniest possible people for it to piss <laughs> yes. off. It, uh, it pissed off the guys that, if you were like, I like sports, they're the ones that are like, name every football player ever. <laughs> like right. the ones that are already like, we just wanted one day without women bothering us. <laughs> like that was our Sunday. That was our football Sunday. Yes. Now it's ruined. A lot know, of like- people complaining about the fact that the broadcast was cutting to Taylor yeah. frequently during the game. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just, just like it, it really, really, I think the fact that this, that this whole event, ended up becoming such a bigger deal for a much broader section of the population than it would have been if it was just a football game. Number one, it kind of like reminds NFL fans, certain NFL fans 
that actually there are lots of people who don't care about the thing that yes. they think is the biggest deal in the world that there everyone cares about. There are a lot of people who just learned that there is a football team in Kansas City <laughs> and that that team is not in the state of Kansas and that there is right. a man named Travis Kelsey who plays football. And honestly, I think this is the thing is, and this is good. I don't want to get like way too preachy, like, you know, standing on the, on the pedestal being like, listen, gatekeeping football. But there is an element of like, there's always these jokes about like, oh, my girlfriend asked like what the different colors mean and like all these different, you know, like even if it's just what, who's wearing what jersey and what right. team is which and like there's all the fun. And I laugh at some of the TikToks that are like, I asked my girlfriend to name the team names and show them the logo. And like they even did that. Some of the schedule release things like play off of that, not necessarily to make fun of women, but like the, um, the Titans went down to Broadway in Nashville and were like, Oh, tell us. And they were asking people. And obviously there were definitely people they talked to that got the answers right, but they're like, what team is this? And then they come up with a super hilarious, like, you know, the pirates of the Caribbean and when they're playing Tampa Bay or something. And so there, this is not just saying like, Oh, they only make fun of women, but there are these things where it's hard. It's like sometimes too, I always think about the first few times I went to try and learn how to lift at the gym, like, there's a culture in place in which it's very male dominated. And there are times where it's extremely intimidating to ask questions and you don't want to look like an idiot. You don't want to ask anybody. You don't want to seem as like what all this stuff. And so you saw some really funny slash pointed or in some cases I thought very endearing where there were some Taylor Swift accounts that were trying to say like, Hey girlies, this is what football, this is Here's the- some context. Yeah. Yeah basic rules of football and they were talking about downs and someone replied like is a down when they don't catch it like is that a draw and like and that's the stuff where it's like look if there are more people that are brought in to see how much fun football can be like i think that's a good thing yeah people enjoy stuff let people have some fun with something like it was i love i had the best time online yesterday minus a (laughs) weird event where it was like you know, like when like the llama escaped or whatever. Right. Or, yeah. You know, one of those Every, days. On everybody's watching the same thing. Yes, it's fun. Yeah. It Which so we're fun. we're obviously a big advocate of of yes. like monoculture <laughs> events happening yes. in this podcast. We've talked about it before. But no, I think that's really interesting, Caroline. The talking about the like exclusionary yeah. element of some fan bases, and it's obviously not exclusive to sports because we no. see this all the time in like nerd culture or whatever. Yes. But. I, I think it, it comes from a place where for certain people, they they almost feel like being a guy that knows a lot about something gives them like social capital, right? So it, it's yeah. the way that they impress other people. It's a way that they think they distinguish themselves and make themselves have value to other people is yeah. that they're the guy that knows a lot about it. And unfortunately for some people, they they demonstrate this expertise or this knowledge they have by showing that they know more about it than other people yeah. and challenging, yeah. challenging other people's knowledge of stuff. So yeah. it really bothers them when there's no bar for entry, when you don't, yeah. you don't have to be qualified to actually like the thing that they like, that they they feel like I worked so hard. I learned all this stuff and now everybody else just gets to walk right in and be a fan too which is well, a, it's a dumb instinct because why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want everyone else to see how cool the thing is that yeah, you think is cool? It's similar to like hipster bands, right? Where it's like I liked them before they were cool. Like okay, yeah. cool, good for you. Maybe I you think, only liked them because they weren't cool. Is yeah, what it turns and there out. Was, 
there's also an element, and this is more, I was a sociology major, so these kind of things also just fascinate me in general. Yeah. But there's an overall just societal, not again, not to get too preachy or whatever, but of that it's not just that there's this crossover with sports and pop culture happening. It's a pop culture thing that feels it's, it's a girl's thing. It's a mm-hmm. only, you know, that there's still so many people online that like, say, if you are a guy, if you're like Michael Jr. And you're out there saying like, I love Taylor Swift. I'm going to go see the show. These, these songs slap. There's a whole genre of TikToks that are so great. There's this, this pair of, um, I think I've mentioned maybe before, but this pair of young young men that are probably in their twenties, early twenties, that are getting in listening to the stuff for the first time and like, wow, I really like this. And like it's kind of breaking down that stereotype of like that's something that's especially when it comes to like pop music, has long been deemed childish or girly or unimportant or not as good mm-hmm. as like rock or whatever. Like it's not as complicated, it's not as you know, in depth and like, you don't have to have this good musical ear to appreciate right. like pop music. And, and, and actually so the truth with it, the truth of a lot of that too, is it actually doesn't have anything to do with what the music sounds like. It's who's no. making it. Yes. That that's, that's what allows them to be dismissive of it is because they, they look at Taylor Swift yeah. and aesthetically assess her to be a woman in her, a, a white woman with blonde hair in her thirties who looks yeah. very feminine, and they think, well, they think I, basic, they think pumpkin spice latte. They, think, I don't have to take this um, person seriously. Right. Yeah, and that's the bigger, you know, and and it's also you kind of mentioned it that like it's opening up the NFL and like football and and we had this whole you were I don't think you, were you there for the devolving conversation around like. Because we were talking about... I did see this, what you're talking about, but please, please <laughs> explain it. Yeah. So we had a conversation in, in our work Slack, and this is very much how our work Slack goes, and, and we just get so... We've got so many really smart, really interesting people on our staff that, and have opinions, and sometimes it's about food things, sometimes it's about, like, you know, we did this with candy drafts and all this stuff, but we're having a conversation around, like, oh, it was talking about the way that he his pickup line and a couple of us were like, Oh my God, this is the most famous woman in the world. And I do agree that like this conversation, 1 million percent is right now Beyonce and, and Taylor Swift. And then it got, it started turning into this whole thing. That's like, who do you call? Yeah. Beyonce is just one name. If you say Beyonce, like, you know who Beyonce, like that's Beyonce. Yeah, sure. And so I was kind of saying like, right now, if you say Taylor, like to me, I think that like worldwide, most people are like, Oh, Taylor Swift. But anyway, this discussion is like, you know, there were some football pundits that were yesterday saying things like, oh, quiz, you know, like poll, like who's bigger in their craft or better at their craft. And I'm like, it is unequivocally <laughs> Taylor Swift. Like this is a. Aside from that being subjective, what, what's, yeah. what's funny about that is like these guys, because it really was mostly about who's more famous. They they right. tried to word it differently, but like it's it's so funny as a person who's worked in sports my whole life. It's and it is married to a person who lives in the middle of probably what would be considered like the mecca of college football, right? Yes, it is the only thing everyone only thing here thinks about, yep. and she does not know or care about any of it. So yeah. it's it's I'm aware I'm I've always been aware of this of this separation, but it's so funny to see like hardcore football guys when they go, 
well, of course, Travis Kelsey's more famous than Taylor Swift. Like, bro, what are you talking bro, about? Not, not, and you know, and this is the other part that's really funny. But in, in their it, world, it is. They they don't ever think that there's people who don't like the NFL right. as much as they do. They, that there's someone that is because you know, there's I even saw some people like more people are being introduced to Taylor Swift right now than Travis Kelsey was like utterly no ridiculous. Hey, no let me know when Travis Kelsey uh, books books. <laughs> AMC movie theaters across the country <laughs> for a three-hour show of something he already did. So across fifty-four it. shows in the and so <laughs> I do and look all this is and all this to me is in good fun. Like I, I think yeah, right. And there's discussions around. Um, actually, we didn't mention at the top of the show, but our guest today, Prince Grimes, who works with us at for uh, for the win, but for the win. Um, he's joked about this a couple of times where he's like, I think it's all a stunt. It's got to be. There's something going on. And, you know, like. And but there were even folks say, taking that a step further, like that it. Someone said it was like PR for the Kelsey documentary, and I was like, "Look, folks, again, Taylor Swift is like one of the most popular people on the planet right now. Like, sh- there's no way she's going to Kansas City for a Sunday to like help a NFL tight end brother's Amazon Prime show get right. more streams." <laughs> But and, you know, and that's where I think it actually could be legit because she's had a string of, and this is the other thing that actually this time around is way way better in the sense of like media coverage and it's still intense. Like I get it, people want to read about these things, people want to click on these things. Like it's fun for me to write Taylor Swift content and stories and whatever. Yeah. Else. And but the way that the discussion around and it it's difficult to be in the limelight to have people talk about your love life. If you look at someone for too long or go to dinner with a friend who, you know, then it's like, Ooh, are they dating? Like whatever. But I'm so proud of the way the conversation has evolved this time that it's not, it used to just be like, don't date her. She goes through men so fast. And like, right. and it was just normal 20 something dating. Like, you know, and it's just in, or you're just going to end up the butt of a joke in a song. I mean, honestly, it writes about her men. She dated. It was like, well, that's not even accurate I, either. That just goes to show you don't listen to the music. It's just it honestly so far seems like most people are like, Hey, this fi- finally, finally she's dating like what seems like a pretty decent guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of really great jokes. Cause a lot of her previous boyfriends have been British. And so they were saying, this is our American revolution. <laughs> right. That she's coming and and on and I really like Travis Kelsey. He seems like a very unproblematic. He's yeah. objectively handsome. Like he's a good-looking dude. Like and seems to be. Someone pointed out on Twitter too. One of the greatest things I saw was like he seems to be one of the first boyfriends that realizes that he's dating Taylor Swift. Like he's like understands what that is and and is and he honestly I'm like the way he was courting her openly and in a way right. that was respectful and. I don't know. It's like one of those nice, there's a lot of book talk crossover happening where she's like, someone said, I'm just going to look at these videos and like kick my feet and giggle at like how sweet all of this is. Cause <laughs> it feels like a rom-com like happening right in front of us. So uh, anyway, this is a lot of, <laughs> a lot of swe- Taylor talk, a lot of swelsy talk and we love well, it. <laughs> oh, so is that where we're going with? That's I was going to ask, is it, is uh, it Charles Curtis who came on last week to talk yacht rock uh, dubbed it swelsy in chat. Cause that's way better than trailer. Yeah, I agree. Swelsy yeah. is, is the move. Okay. Yeah. And it's hard to do like a, you know, quift. It's, it's none of it. Works, <laughs> that's ugh. yeah. Well, like, you know, I, I'm going to make, I'm going to attempt to segue out of this, but, uh, there've been, you know, the last couple of years when they are, approaching trying to decide on a halftime show yep. for the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift always gets mentioned. Yep. She still has not done it yet. 
um, and and maybe she still will in the future at some point, but won't be this year because they have gone ahead and, yes. and announced that they're going to be uh, booking Usher for the yeah. halftime show, which is I'm interesting excited. because, you know, I, I think the Super Bowl halftime show has always been, in recent years, it's been one of two things. It's either been somebody who's really like at their peak right now, yeah. or it's been somebody kind of from the early 2000s yeah. that yeah, yeah. is still relevant enough and still performing enough right now that it makes sense for them to do a show. And so I think, I think Rihanna is definitely in that second category and we all agree that she, that that she was a was, oh, phenomenal sorry. show. Yeah. Um, and, and Usher makes sense to me. I think that's a, I think it's a smart pick. I think he has enough, Big, like, recognizable he hits. Does. And that was the thing, when the announcement came out, and it is tough because it's, to, they announced on a day, and then all of a sudden, like, the entire NFL news cycle is taken over with the... Right, it got overshadowed a little bit, yeah. But it is, I think it's a great pick. One, because Usher puts on a show. Like, mm-hmm. he, and he's got the Vegas residency, and there were a lot of people that were like, oh, you, you can't even name, like, five Usher songs. I was like, please. Oh, this ton- is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I oh totally my disagree. God, the Confessions album, had the hold that album had over me. So I think that there's going to be, and that's also what has worked really well in recent years, or people have hoped for, or whatever. Um, because who actually did the one where fifty was it where Fifty Cent came out and Eminem was out there? So that was that was a that was it was a it was basically a Dre halftime show. It was like Dre and Friends basically, and it was loved it. Yes, which which, that's another that's a good point about this one too. Caroline is one of the ways. Now Rihanna didn't do this, right? Uh, And people were wondering if she was going to. She went solo on it, and 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 because she she crushed it, she didn't didn't need anybody. But it is often, I think, good to have an act that has collaborated with a bunch of other people and can bring in fun guests. And I think Usher has worked with a lot of people that will be potential guests. I just want Ludacris to show up. I mean, he's, he's worked with Ludacris. He's worked with Nicki Minaj. He's worked with, uh, you could, uh, could we, could we possibly get a Lil John uh, appearance? If they, I mean, if you, if you want to do, yeah, which I think that you, a huge, 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 hit. huge hit. Like I remember vividly like second semester, first year of college. That yeah. was when, and it was everywhere. Um, and I, so if yeah, you have not, if, if you have not listened, if you have not listened to, yeah, while uh, being offered a shot that you know is a bad idea and you take it anyway because your friend is giving it to you, you, then, you are, then you are not a millennial. There's um, <laughs> the music video had at the very end, like after the actual like song, like where it would on the CD end, they had like an extra thing with like Ludacris doing the like different dance moves that go with it. Right. Um, to, and I knew that all of that part too. Like it just thunderclap hey thunderclap hey like it just was like i knew all it, this it was everywhere um i would like to have an apology from usher to t-pain for his comments about t-pain ruining music by using autotune but other than that i am extremely excited about well, maybe show. in the maybe gonna, in the in the press cycle leading up to can, the like Super bring Bowl t-pain show. out that'd be great yeah. too i love t-pain oh there's, that would be heartwarming to bring there's t-pain like <laughs> i love t-pain again and this is one of those things like if you haven't if you haven't somehow seen his tiny desk concert the npr tiny desk concert for t-pain go listen his voice 
is amazing. Like, yeah. I remember the first time you hear the non-autotune T-Pain, you're like, what? Um, but yeah, I think, so I, yeah. Usher's going to be so good. And that's the thing. It, the man can dance. Like, he was, like, the first, like, yeah. first, I don't want to be dramatic in the sense of, like, he was our Michael Jackson, because it's nowhere near the same level. Like, I get that. Like, it's not at all what I'm saying. No, but, but a similar level of performance performer. and yeah. skill and, like, that sort of thing. Like, he's the first one that I really remember as, like, and as much as, you know, Chris Brown turned into what Chris Brown is, he was the next. Like, this dance moves yep. were, like, the ones that everyone talked about. So it was, like, Usher was... He was kind um, of the, the prototype for the 2000s R&B star. Yeah. And, oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I love that pick. I think that's such a good move. Such a good them. pick. Such a good pick. I'm very excited about it. Um, Caroline, before we go into our guest segment, you, yes. you watched a movie that, to be honest, and I don't mean this in any... I don't, I don't mean this in a negative way... <laughs> I was shocked to hear that you watched this movie. It's not a Caroline movie. No, it's normally not. Uh, I watched Annihilation (laughs) (laughs) this weekend. I did during the day, like a big cheater. Uh, And I actually really liked it. I did have to do the humbling Google afterwards to find out what what was happening sure. a little bit of that i think i i, I like doing that i i'm I, yeah when my, when my wife it makes me feel real dumb no um, no i think when when my wife and i go see movies and we walk out going i'm i like I, interstellar. Liked, I liked it but i i need to read about it i need to yeah. read about other people like i love doing that and, and i do then, too but but like <laughs> annihilation is cool because it has that it's one of those movies and i i talk you know there's kind of a whole category of directors I would say do this. Yeah. But I like watching a movie sometimes where I don't know what's happening. I don't so know close. what it's supposed to be about. And I'm just like flooding my brain with yeah. weird stuff. And I think it's kind of good for you to do that. I think it yeah. makes your brain like stretchier to go <laughs> throw stuff at it that doesn't make any sense. Well, and if you haven't heard of it or seen it or it's on paramount plus uh streaming and it's a 2018 like sci-fi horror is kind of like the genre though i actually think it's relatively light on the horror it wasn't one that i was like this is gonna haunt me forever type things um there are scary creatures in it yes there are scary moments there are scary visuals um but it's the cast is incredible and that's really what made me want to watch it is like well you put oscar isaac in something and i'm like i'm intrigued um and then you have an all-star like female cast with Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, Gina Rodriguez. Um and I'm missing somebody but uh it's just it's so well acted and it's visually stunning because the the premise is being Natalie Portman's character is married to Oscar Isaac. He does kind of secrety job stuff. He would go out on kind of he's army, would go on these like special forces type deployments. Uh, that had a high level of secrecy and he had been gone for a year. Everyone assumed that he was dead, that they weren't coming back. She didn't know where he was, whatever. Then he just shows up and then he gets really sick. And so like they get, this is all in like the first five minutes. So I'm not, I'm not ruining anything, but um, they end up at this like military base and she's a former army now biologist teacher at Johns Hopkins. So not a slouch. Um, And essentially something had impacted the earth and it created what they called the shimmer and teams had gone into the shimmer uh, and not returned or like Oscar Isaac's character returned and didn't remember things, et cetera, et cetera. And so they go in to try and figure out cause it's expanding. So it's like absorbing space on earth. 
Um, and it ends up being basically metaphorically about cancer. And it was fascinating. Um, yeah. And it's based, it's based on a pretty popular uh book series yeah which the, the same, i think, annihilation, I think, the, think first the first book is called annihilation this the the book series is called the southern reach yeah. um which i had seen people like it's one of those when you see the cover of the book you've seen a million people carrying it around in yeah. the world but it's um it it's like from that. it's from a director named alex garland and i don't know if he's a household name necessarily i, but had, he, I had not heard of him no but alex garland is a super, super interesting guy and has worked on, so he, he was also an author has been like a novelist for a very long time. He, he actually wrote the book that the movie, the beach is based on the, the, um, not the M night Shyamalan, not the M. Night Shyamalan one, which we'll talk about later, but, the uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Oh, right. That's the one. So <laughs> I knew there was one called the beach, but, but he started getting into movies. He, he wrote, 28 days later, the zombie movie with Killian Murphy. If not you've the ever one, seen not the rom-com. No, not the rom-com. We've got a lot of overlapping titles here. 28 days. Is that what that one was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so he's, he's, he kind of got in via sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and then he made a movie called Ex Machina was his first movie oh, as a director, yeah, which yeah. I, a lot of people will know as the movie Ooh. where Oscar Isaac is doing a choreographed dance sequence. I'm sorry. Um, he does what? Oh my is God. I can't French. Uh, listen, <laughs> I had to, my, I think the first time I watched this movie with my wife, I, I was watching her face getting a little concerned because Oscar Isaac is, is I can admit he is incredibly handsome in this He's movie. A good looking. He's He's basically, a good looking he does unfortunately play like Elon Musk basically in wow. that movie, but <laughs> Ex Machina is really good. He also made a movie called Men, which came out in 2022, which is really, really terrifying and weird. Yeah. Um, and he made, a, he made a TV show called Devs, which I also really like a lot. I've heard um, of that. Yeah, it was on FX. Really cool show. So yeah. this, like... It's a, it's like exists in this little weird corner of indie stuff that the, that, that Alex Garland makes. But I think a lot of what he makes would be liked by let's call them normies, like regular people that don't normally watch that kind of weird stuff because he's got great actors that work with him and he does, he makes stuff that's very visually interesting to look at. Yes. It was gorgeous this movie was yeah gorgeous. really like, really absolutely. cool images in this movie yeah really really neat and so I, I think i like that but and it's similar when it comes to like other horror movies I, I would say i had similar feelings watching it as i did like midsummer um so that's kind of like yeah and that's the kind of i think horror genre that i am like cool with mm-hmm. um because even, you know, like we've talked before about how much I like Alien and Aliens and a- Alien being a horror movie. I think Prometheus is kind of in that same. I like sci-fi stuff. Sci-fi to me, the stuff that really gets me is when it's like The Nun or like The Conjuring or right. or like whatever, where it's just like, I've seen previews for the new Exorcist movie and I'm like, absolutely not. Well, where no. it's it's those those movies I think are much more about getting your bloodstream flooded yeah. with adrenaline the whole activity. time. Yeah, I don't need that. But there are there. You're right. There are horror movies that you have time to think while you're it's watching. It's the thoughtful them. sci-fi, creepy vibes that I'm very that mm-hmm. I'm very here for. So I'm looking for more in that 
realm. I think that's. I'm what glad. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I also yeah. will will thumbs up Annihilation. Go check it yeah. out. It's on. Uh, it. Would you say it's on Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Go check that one out. Yeah. Uh, well, we're about to talk about another really smart sci-fi slash horror movie. Uh, which is the movie Signs with our wonderful guest today, Prince Grimes. We will be back with Prince after a quick break. All right, welcome back. I am so excited to have our guest here today. He's on my lovely team with Bet for the Win, Prince Grimes. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, you. What? You, you actually, when we asked you to come do the show, you, get, you did the normal like, okay, let me think about what I want to do. I'll get back to you. Um, and it's the perfect pick for as we get into, we're now end of September, just about to October, spooky season. Prince, what is your pop culture potluck that we're going to discuss today? Yeah, so first, you know, thanks for having me. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. Like, I don't get invited to these things. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be outside of sports. Um, my pick is signs. Now... I just want you to know how stressful it was trying to come up with the movie. Like this was really everyone, hard. <laughs> everyone gets so stressed. I feel so badly. We're like, you should come on the show. And then they're like, great. And then we're like, what do you want to talk about? And they're like, Oh no. Yeah. I went yeah. through a whole process of like, should I give them something I've been in or try to be in? Cause you know, I, I had like a very short acting career. Uh, and then, you know, I realized I don't want to rewatch the whole wire to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big rewatch guy. I don't watch a lot of things over again. I would have just been. I I would have mostly just been annoying you by asking you questions about the wire anyway the whole time. So yeah, we'll folks. Just, we'll <laughs> Prince was in the wire. Prince, what I don't remember always like the seasons and stuff, but you got the privilege of booing and yelling at Bunny Colvin. Uh, so let's. We'll, we have to get on this. We have to talk about this because it's super awesome. You can definitely find him. You can definitely sit there and say like, "Oh, that's Prince. Like this is our Prince. He's he's what was uh what see is that season four? I don't even know something. I think I think season four, like episode two. Yeah. Um, How did that happen? I'm I'm happy that people still recognize me from that because I had like <laughs> hair and you know super skinny. Uh, I was in high school at the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just had a talent agent. My mom, you know, was kind of like my my manager of sorts, and she, you know, found an agent who wanted to represent me, and she used to send me out to auditions. And I was actually auditioning for a bigger role in The Wire. I want to say it was the role that Michael B. Jordan got. Um, who, by the way, he was like my competition on that circuit at the time in the DC area. Yeah, uh, he got was, all the yeah. roles I wanted. I, I tried out for a, for a role in Hardball. Uh, you remember the Keanu Reeves oh. movie? I think I think he got that role too. Um, so they said, "Hey, but we like your look. Can you come in and do this extra role?" And uh, and so yeah, I got the boo. I got the boo. Uh, you know, the police chief for a day. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, uh, Michael B. Jordan, now your enemy, and he has no idea. You've like, a little... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I let it go a long time ago. I chalked it up to, hey, I'm, I'm just not that good of an actor. <laughs> Tough to be up too upset about losing out on a part to Michael B. Jordan. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's how I look at it. Like, hey, you know, maybe in another world, if it wasn't Michael B, it would have been me. <laughs> but so, what is it about? So, signs the 2004 uh, M Night Shyamalan. How is it 2004? Is that right? 2002? I think it's 02? earlier than that. I think 2002? it's 2002. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So yeah. I was in high school. I think I remember seeing this in theaters. Um, and I did a rewatch this morning, and it's definitely a different vibe when you rewatch daytime <laughs> versus <laughs> like super dark and like, you know. But what was it about this movie that stands out to you, Prince? 
Yeah, so like I said, I don't rewatch a lot of movies or shows, but this was one that stood out to me that, you know, at the time when it came out, I did watch it. As a matter of fact, I bought the DVD. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I have it. Physical and, media. And, and that kind of let me know, like, hey, maybe that's something, you know, that's just something I have a lot of memories about. Yeah. Um, as a as a child, just like the movies that I did watch were mostly horror sci-fi. That's kind of the stuff my dad was into. Yeah. Um, or still is into. I told you he watched, you know, uh, the x-files so you know that he was really into that so like just alien sci-fi stuff i've always been into that um and after going down the rabbit hole i, I almost went with evil dead oh gosh uh, oh my heart i love it so much yeah that would have been like a, but, matt would have been stoked Prince, i would have been terrified it would Prince, been great. i can tell you there's i don't know that i don't know that caroline can handle an evil dead movie but yeah <laughs> It's that's 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 your your guy Sam uh, Raimi, Sam right? Raimi, yeah. I know, I know. Very so. one of the the squishiest horror movies you can get. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a weird movie. So uh, well, so Prince, were you when this movie came out? Were you already like a, a Shyamalan guy? Because this this happened at like really he was starting to blow up and was being compared to Spielberg. I mean, he was an absolutely huge deal by the time this movie came out. Yeah, I can't say at the time I really I wasn't like directors. I didn't really care who made movies at the time. I just kind of, yeah. hey, that looks interesting and I would go sure. check it out. Um, his name was obviously huge at the time. It got a lot of buzz at the time when it did come out. So, you know, everyone knew what it was. Um, but I don't think that really played much into a role as to why I watch it. Like I said, we were just kind of in the horror sci-fi. So anything yeah. that came out around that time, I was probably checking it out. Did, so this is it's funny because for a movie that I wouldn't necessarily say that is one that I'm like, oh, that I think about a lot. I reference it a lot because I am. At, well, Abigail Breslin, I think, was absolutely fantastic in this, by the way. And I totally forgot that it was her uh, and uh, Colkin. So we have, we've had yeah. all of the Colkins in like pop culture recently, et cetera. But um, her leaving the glasses of water around. <laughs> is like the biggest me vibe like i have cups everywhere like and i don't know i guess there's always like the jokes you can find on tiktok too where it's like a guy talking about his girlfriend having the hot coffee the cold coffee the water the like you know there's always you have to have a collection of beverages but i constantly i've said multiple multiple times people like oh yeah i'm like the little girl from science where i just leave glasses like everywhere (laughs) and so it's always funny that it's like not necessarily a movie that i think about quoting or doing other stuff from but that reference is always like forefront <laughs> to me she was the star of the movie uh yeah, you know she's outstanding constantly just through the music and uh you know everything that's going on the, the movie's constantly building tension you always feel like mm. there's something around the corner and the, the the few breaks you get in that is usually her you know with her one-liners or you know anything she said was it was kind of just funny she's cute so you know you always it kind of just changed the tone of the movie whenever she was on the screen. And they really also kind of build in her as being this, uh, this really important part of the whole movie from a, from like a emotional standpoint Mm. and, and that she's a vulnerability from the very beginning of the movie where she's being kind of cornered and looked at by this dog Mm. and Tough dog the, movie. Real tough fact, dog yeah, movie. boy, dogs yeah, dogs do not make out good in this movie tough. at all. Yeah, <laughs> from the very beginning. At the TV early <laughs> with all the dog barking, and then I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, like the 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 fact that you kind of learn so much about the the makeup of the family and how everybody 
treats each other and feels about each other from that scene at the beginning where basically it's just a kid and the dog is being a little weird to her and, and her brother is noticing it. And the dad kind of is off in his own thing, not really Our aware uncle, of everything. Uncle Joaquin was not doing his observer, observing job. He was yeah, inside he was in doing his own world. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like kind of out of it. He's in yeah, he burnout came back mode. With, like, the, the buns. <laughs> like, buddy, what are we? <laughs> But, you know, even like loose, uh, you know, kind of plot stories like that, how he's kind of out of it in the beginning, they kind of tie those things together as the movie goes on. You kind of understand why he's kind of in his own world and, you know, probably reflecting over a failed minor league baseball career Mm -hmm. that we learn about later and and things like that. And Caroline, it's funny you mentioned how how the movie doesn't really, uh, you know, you don't really think about it, you know, in these years since then. But for me, it, it does kind of. You know, and I never tied it back to signs, but I've always had a general disposition of like things will work out how they're supposed to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, everything happens for a reason. And I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if that came directly from the movie. But looking back at it all these years later, I'm like, wow, that's that's kind of you know how I look at life a lot of times. So um, it was cool looking because I haven't seen it in a while. Like I, yeah. I actually started it last night. Uh, which was a perfect time. Like, you know, you watched it during the day. I started it at night. The music yeah. already had me on edge. I finished it today, but um, yeah. I messaged him right when I started it, and I was like, I forgot the music. The opening credits music is haunting. Like, oh yeah, very like uh, Hitchcocky. Yeah, yeah, it sets you up to be super anxious. Well, the, the, uh, you know, there's a there's a couple. I, I first of all, Prince, I'd love I love that concept running through this movie and i think that's a big part of why this is such a unique movie as a horror sci-fi thing because it's not just there are scary parts in this movie but it is not really as much built around being a scary movie it is about these ideas of losing faith and losing hope because something really bad happened to you that you can't make any sense of and I, 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 it's been a really long time since I've seen it. I watched it last night before we did this. I've always had a good impression of the movie and I liked it a lot the first time I saw it, but man, as a, as a very different person at almost 40 compared to when I saw it, when I was almost 20 and you've gone through some stuff and maybe you've experienced some things that make the Mel Gibson character. And we, unfortunately we have to talk about this because yeah. Mel He's Gibson. He's the only part that doesn't age well. But, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. And yeah, look, I mean, obviously a gross he guy stinks. now and it's uncomfortable to see him, but he's really good in this movie. Real, man. He's really good. And, and to watch him now watch that character as a, as an adult with kids and who's lost people in my life that it hits way different now to see a guy who's like in that stage where he doesn't really care about how the way he's acting affects other people. Right. Cause he's just hurting and that's the only thing that matters to him. And, you know, you see all these characters in the movie kind of come to him at different times that because they need him and not, not just because it's their dad, but there's other people cause he used to be a priest and these people all need something from him. And he's just like, I got nothing for you. I'm my, my wife is dead and I'm miserable. And that's the only thing that matters to me. It's, it's pretty crazy how, <laughs> how like intense of a, of a character driven story. This is for a movie mm-hmm. that is about crop circles and aliens. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest part that stood out to me looking at it all this time later. I think, you know, back in 2002 when it came out, th- viewing it through a teenage teenager's eyes, all I, all, all I cared about was the aliens, you know, yeah. for the most yeah. part. <laughs> it, it always had, like, you know, kind of some religious undertones to me at the mm-hmm. time because he's a priest, like you mentioned. But now looking at it, you know, today, it's a lot more of a religious movie than I realized. I'm for like, sure. wow. Like, you know, this is faith is at the center of this movie. Yeah. I did. I honestly did not remember really that whole entire plot point. I was like, I'm with, I'm with you. I was like, there were aliens there. I remember the, um, t- the, cause I think this is also the scariest scene is Joaquin Phoenix, which was also perfectly cast in the sense that I would 100% believe in real life that the two of them were brothers. Yeah. Like that <laughs> absolutely worked for me. Um, when he's sitting in the closet where they put the TV so they didn't obsess over it and he's watching the footage from the Mexican birthday party is one of the like most tense, like <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not the scariest thing you'll ever see, but like, it's just that moment. I remember the first time seeing it where you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to see. And like, there's something about the use of, this and that I think they pull it off in the in the cornfields too. Which, by the way, don't go into cornfield on your own. With just <laughs> doing <laughs> and the dogs already losing its shit. There's something like I take I take my dogs out, and if like Maverick looks at something too long, I'm like, what's over there? Is there something over there? Is there something over there? What are you looking at? Um, and this guy's just like, let me let me walk off into my cornfield. <laughs> um, but the use of that like glimpse of an alien or this creature or you know it's not quite as cheesy as like a sasquatch viewing where it's like oh you know like whatever but it's just that i think was utilized so well but i i don't think i realized the first time i watched it like what the actual this this isn't you're right this is not a movie about aliens and crop circles at all like it's just the vehicle yeah I, I overlooked it so much so that even the title signs, right? It's yeah, same. About <laughs> signs. Back then, I'm like, oh, the signs are the crop circles, right? Yeah, crop like, circles. Got it. it. Tracking. <laughs> and then even, you know, they kind of, you know, play on that a little bit when they come up from the basement and, you know, you kind of see the stars and the moons and the door that the alien cut into it. It's like, yeah, those are the signs. But no, the signs are actually all these things that happen throughout the movie yeah. that kind of, you know, lead them to, you know, everything being okay then. Yeah. And, you know, one one thing about it, too, that I think is really interesting is that he, the way he put it together, uh, because now I, I, I went into it this time watching it, having already known what the story is. Uh, but when you're watching it for the first time or it's first time in a while, like like in y'all's case, yeah, Caroline, I don't know how much you remembered about it, but the fact that you don't really find out. The, the backstory you don't find out about Mel Gibson's wife mm. until pretty far into the movie. There, there's a sense that's, I mean, she's not there, but you don't yeah. really get the whole story until really right at the climactic moment of the movie when yeah. there's a danger is at the peak and something really bad looks like it's about to happen. That's actually when you get the full backstory. That's a really, that's a really strange way to put the movie together. And I, and I wonder it's hard for me to remember if that makes it hit more that you don't find out the whole situation until so far into the movie. I was like on the fence because when they see because isn't doesn't M Night play Ray? <laughs> That's right. He's the um, yeah, he's, he's the guy. So, so he's um, the guy that accidentally killed. Yeah, because he like fell wife. asleep and he told him and that was 
Because at first, when you see him, it's just that moment at the pizza shop, and they and the son goes, "Is that the guy?" That and the guy? like, mm-hmm. and he gets back in his car and drives away. So there could be an element of was there an affair? Like that's kind of like it's not necessarily clear. Yeah, like, sure. At that point, you I didn't don't. Even think about I don't that. think you know yeah. at that point that like she was struck, you know, by a drunk driver, or he wasn't even a drunk driver. He was asleep. no. He just fell asleep. He yeah. fell asleep, and that's so when you get to. He gets the phone call, which leads him to go over there, which then he has a conversation with them. And, and that's when Ray's like, look, it had to be, he's like, I can't stop. I've never stopped thinking about it. It had to be that one window of falling asleep in which I would hit her. Like that was and it's just, you know, that that consumed his thoughts. Um, and then it leads to the fact that this is all for a reason. It, it Honestly, I remember the first time I saw it, I think I was, I left. And I was like, that was pretty good. But like, I was annoyed because again, thinking it was going to be about aliens, I was like, I need them to flesh out the alien story a little bit more. Like, why are they here? What are they doing? <laughs> like, you know, sixteen-year-old. You know, they actually like, what the hell? <laughs> they actually do more of that than I remembered because he's right. Yeah, because he's got this book, which although it's sort of joked about that they're like some crazy guy wrote it. But yeah, they're they're kind of like they're giving you the sci-fi part of it by by the son reading this book, explaining what they basically think that aliens would be doing and why they'd be doing it, which is a really, which is a really funny, weird way to do it of like, well, there's no way for us to know this. And it's it, like, in some ways, I think that's cooler than, than yeah. having like a, like an independence day thing where they download all the information okay. about what the Let's aliens are doing. Instead, they're just like, day. we, we can guess, to. we can like make up in our heads what we think they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. There should probably be some type of prequel to this. Like, how did the guy who wrote the book know any of this? Did, did, was there something that happened before that well, we don't know about? How did he know I what like their house idea. looked like? Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, like, I mean, look, it, it's Shyamalan, we know, is not opposed to sequels now. but uh, Well, I also think it was really funny. The little things, that, I think they did a lot of little things really, really well. And one of those things is, like, when you've seen the kids in the tinfoil hats a couple times. And then the next time he comes in and like Joaquin Phoenix is sitting with them in the tinfoil hat. And he's like, look, that was great. (laughs) I've seen what I've seen. I saw the video of the birthday party. Like I I'm, I'm an, I'm good there. Um, There were some parts that I think are one CGI wise, like the effects of the aliens, I think lose a little bit now where you're kind of like, it's not as scary as I remember it. Although um, mostly, mostly they're pretty good about most, not giving you a clear look at them, right? And it, when it's like a hand coming out from something, gets me every time. But like when he's like holding the child and has like was, the like the he's about to spray him with his little like wrist sprayer, I'm like, what are, yeah. what are we? but it is cool when they do everything like in the reflections through the glass of water. Like that's awesome. I really, really like um, that moment of like you, or, or like that they like. Even the birthday party scene you brought up, yes. you know, I thought, I thought, I think that still holds up pretty well yes. today. Like yep. even knowing it's coming, like I'm anticipating yeah, this moment. Like, oh, they're about to show it. I've seen this before, and I'm still kind of. <laughs> I, I still it, am so. like, get I love, out of the way, kid. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love that. What King Phoenix said. Vomitos or whatever. He says exactly what everyone is thinking yeah. that's Why watching the movie. The yeah, camera on that kid. That so that there's one other there's one other thing that that hit me real hard that I uh, that I have to bring up. Which is the the at the absolute climax of tension in the movie when basically the family is trapped in the house and there are aliens about to break in and everyone is so scared uh, that 
Mel Gibson's character starts talking to his kids and telling them the story of their birth. Yeah. And what a, what a, what a insanely gutsy thing to do in this movie to have this big emotional moment when everyone is so scared. I mean, I think it's perfect because I think that's what he's trying to go through in this movie is like, how can I actually be helpful to people? Um, And the answer is everyone wants you to, to make them feel better. They want you to comfort them. Not, not like come up with some magical solution to the problem. But I looked up those scenes and uh, found out that actually the, both of those, both of those stories are the story of M night Shyamalan's kids being born his wow. two kids. So he yes. took those from real life and put that in the movie, which I thought was really cool. And, yeah. and again, like I'm a dad with two kids. So I'm a big sucker for those two <laughs> scenes too, man. That those, those got me big time. I wonder if his kids births were punctuated by Joaquin Phoenix going, they're on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> They're in glass breaking. Yeah. yeah. I was like, y'all need to move. Why, yeah, that, uh, standing why, in the- why did he feel like that was a good time to remind him? Like he's telling Tell him this him. heartfelt yeah. story of how yeah. he was born. He's like, Hey man, they're on the Tell roof. That in the basement. <laughs> he's like, not, he's, he's not listening. He's in his own thing. But yeah, I also, the other, there are a couple other like really, really great scenes. I thought one was, and I really should learn her real name because she's lovely, but she is uh, one of Schmidt's girlfriends on <laughs> new girl who played the pharmacist oh, yeah she's she's great she's been she's in a bunch fantastic. of really good things yeah yeah and when she's asking like for clarification on what is and isn't a swear and like how many times like <laughs> oh then it's like 96 times and he's like it was it's the emotional note because there aren't like a lot of like laugh out loud funny things but i think those were laugh out loud moments because again he's saying like please i was gonna say for the love of god but <laughs> pun intended uh he's like stop asking like he's like i'm not it's not father like i, I you know stepped yeah. away six months ago and, and you feel like that story-wise they lead you to think that that was similar around after his wife passed so that he's saying like obviously there can't be a guy i'm in the wrong field i have no faith because if there was you know these things i believe in then this wouldn't have happened to my family and etc so that was an incredible scene i thought and then the dinner table the dinner where they're having thing. this this last meal and it was just so i thought i mean realistic in a sense like no one's emotions are going to be in check in that moment and he's like i don't want to do a prayer because i've lost all that like i don't have that part he's like we are sitting here making this final meal as i say with my children because i think that this is going to be the end of the world and you want me to get like tell a like say a prayer i'm not going to do it and then the kid again colkin was outstanding i think it's rory Mm -hmm. colkin um in understanding that his dad didn't mean those things in those ways and that it wasn't an, an, like an, like an affront to the family or their beliefs or them personally. And like that, that hug moment as they're crying and he's like stabbing the French toast. (laughs) Scene is so good. (laughs) You know, I, I, I really think I, I, I watching it. I really think he actually does believe in, in, god the entire time yeah and, and i think that what happens the, the the giveaway scene is is during the kid's asthma attack yep. that he's incredible scene also. It, it's it's actually not that that it's not painful for for mel gibson's character that he thinks nothing happens for a reason it's that he he thinks there is someone behind it and it is happening for a reason and he's mad about it because yeah. And I mean, he's basically shouting, I hate you to God during that scene, because he's like, 
how how could this how could any of this be for a reason right mm-hmm. like that's actually one of the questions I'm left with. Like, you can mm-hmm. either draw the conclusion that he believed in God the whole time and he was just kind of at this war with him at the time, or he completely lost faith and didn't. But in the moment when he thought his child was dying, he had nowhere it else to go. Yeah, and so sure. he's like, hey, all right, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. Don't, do, don't do this to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm putting it together. I hope I'm right. <laughs> I, you know, those scenes are so emotional though. It's cool. I, 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 you know, I think it works and we're talking a lot about religion in this, which we don't do a lot on this podcast, but I think it's, I kind of think it works as a movie for people, even if you're not a religious person, because I think it's not so much about uh, if you believe that good things will happen, they will. I think it's more that like, if you don't have hope, if you don't have some, drive to 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 try and and help other people and be be you know of use to other people in your life you you definitely have no shot right like even if everything lines up and you and you weren't uh you had already given up you won't be able to take advantage of it when the moment arrives so like even if you even if you watch this from a standpoint of like i don't i think it was all luck i think it was all coincidence it still wouldn't have happened yeah. Had had everyone just sort of given up on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's everything happens for a reason. It's you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a full I believe there's a higher being orchestrating things for us. Yeah, it's just but. that having having hope is useful in general. It's better yeah. than better than not. And this is why you should be optimistic about football season, folks, because everything happens. For- <laughs> Except, you know, it, it kind of works that Mel Gibson did lose his faith to push the storyline storyline along, mm-hmm. right? Like some of the things that happened along the way, as far as you know, he didn't believe when his wife, you know, her last words, he thought she was just kind of grasping at whatever, the time. Yeah, yeah, whatever memory came in, yeah. Yeah, and so he he remembered it that way until it was time for him to actually, you know, oh, that's what she meant. Um, so you know, everyone else needed his faith, but his, him yeah. not having faith kind of helped him in the moment to sure. get to where he ended up going. But his brother, his brother needed him to have faith. Like his brother, yeah. every no one, no one's, you know, faith was strong enough, strong enough to kind of get through these things. So they're lean, looking at him, his son. Yeah. You know, they're looking at him like, hey, man. <laughs> Where you at? <laughs> See, I, I do love that all of this comes together to effectively be like, Joaquin, take that bat off the wall. Beat the heck out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, even, even the weird scene at the recruiter's office, right? When he's like at the, was it, was it like an army yeah, recruiter's it was an army office? Recruiter, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the recruiter seems like he might be an alien himself the way yeah, he's, he was. What a, weird, what a weird, what a weird little cat. performance. I also yeah. did not remember that in that scene, the guy in the background who's like being a jerk and talking about his failed baseball career is uh, Michael Showalter, who, in, in addition to being a, a very funny actor who was in that show, The State, on MTV for years, uh, he's now a big time director, has directed a bunch of movies that you guys have probably seen. He, he, was, he directed The Eyes of Tammy Faye that won an Oscar uh, a couple of years ago. So I didn't, that- re- I recognized him, but it, I couldn't place like. I also he, he's in all the wet hot American summer stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, really, right. really funny guy. I did also laugh that when he is at the moment where they're like, "Oh, these are these are his last her last words." Like, we're gonna wail on this dude with a baseball bat. That he used the code with his brother, like the the last words. Like he said it. Like he said the last words twice. Like swing for swing the fence, away. whatever it was. Swing like, away. Like, yeah. Swing away. Like do. 
did he think that the alien was going to get if he just was like, yo, get the bat off the wall? The <laughs> well, I think, I think, you <laughs> know, the I, alien would stop him somehow. Like, I think that was, words, oh, he understood like, what I said. I think it was cool because he was like, also, he, so he had this revelation of like what this all meant. And he knew his brother knew the story too. So it's yeah. like, if, saying that was more than just saying, hit him right. with the bat. It, it was it, like, this was always supposed to happen this, is, this right. way. No, so it's I, like gives yeah. Joaquin like this this charge too that he's having. Yeah, yeah. A fun, a fun part of of the movie was also kind of looking at you. You keep mentioning the McCulkin kid. Yeah, I didn't know there were other McCulkins other. Oh, I'm sorry. What <laughs> oh, is yeah. it? Culkins, Culkins Culkin, yeah. other than Macaulay. Yeah, yeah. Macaulay you know, Culkin up, up until like, like a, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's at least three that that yes. have acted. I, there might there might have other ones might have acted, but th- this is kind of the third Culkin. Uh, yes, Rory. I think he's the youngest. But Kieran, he? Kieran is now a very big deal, and he was in the show Succession and has been yeah. in a bunch yeah. of other stuff. Yeah. yeah, so he was the first, you know, first one outside of Macaulay who I realized, okay, there's another one. And so yeah. as I'm watching this, I'm like, you know, he kind of looks like he I was... thought he was Kieran. I had to <laughs> yeah. Google it. I was like, oh, is that yeah. the guy from Succession? Because Kieran, yeah, yeah Kieran's career recently is like the one that's like recently has been a big thing. Whereas obviously yeah, sure. Macaulay was the. The, 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 as a the, kid, and then <clears throat> a couple roles for Rory, Rory right? Yeah, should know all the McCul- all the McCul- see. I want to say he's McCul- in, he's, in the, he's in Scream Four. Rory is he's uh that's he's right. Kid. Yeah, see, it's funny too. Prince, I meant to say this at the very beginning, but I don't know. Like we are basically the two ends of consuming content like that you can find. <laughs> so like I'm the one that rewatches everything and has to watch everything in order. And you're like, once is good. Like yeah. it's yeah. the perfect like balance. <laughs> watched a hundred thousand movies one time, and I can just remember a tiny portion of it. And I'm like, I just watched 217 episodes of the X Files for the third time. Like, yeah. Ooh, yeah, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> well, listen, I w- I'm so glad you picked this because I'm I, yes. I wanted I, I I do think about this movie a lot. It was awesome to rewatch it. Um, I I highly recommend. You guys go and watch more Shyamalan movies, but unfortunately, that your hour has arrived, and and you're going to have to summon up whatever you've got in the tank right now because our trivia segment today is going to be all about M Night Shyamalan movies. So uh, I've got a I've got a quick jingle we can play before we begin our trivia contest. Chandler, play the jingle. Well, my friends, the time is here. Feel some terror and some fear. See his movies, money well spent. Starring Haley Joel Osment. Osment, Osment. Everybody feels their blood run cold. When they see the beach that makes you old, we're going to see some dead people, aliens. Twist endings. Come on and sing along. Shamalan M night. Oh, Shamalan M night. Oh yeah. Shamalan M night. Yeah. Shamalan M night. M night. That might be 
you're like, I, well, that was really good. That might, I think that's your best technical work yet, for sure. Yeah, I'm really you doing some work in the studio these days. Like, that was. Gonna ask, what are you using to edit this? Is this Pro Tools? <laughs> you... What is going on here? Did you get help from your wife again for backup vocals, or was that, that is, on you this time? It's all me, baby. And um, that was really good. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that. Look, not that I need additional <laughs> praise for it, but I, I did need to be noted. I did that uh, after flying home from Texas all day yesterday, so. That's I was really good. Maybe I need to d- deprive my brain of sleep and uh, before <laughs> That's I do when this. the genius comes out. <laughs> so we've got qu- three questions for each of you about M Night Shyamalan movies. We'll we'll see how this goes. I I, I thought everyone was uh, equally obsessed with him as I am, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. All right, we're going to start with you, Prince. Uh, which two Shyamalan actors are among the? 10 youngest people to ever be nominated for Oscars. Who is, uh, the, why am I answering it like Jeopardy? Is that, is that a rule? <laughs> you can just say it. Uh, is you it Billy Joel it, Osmond? Is that how you say his name? I'm going to uh, give you that one anyway. It's Haley Joel Osmond. Yeah. Haley Joel, he is one of them. Dakota Fanning. No, it is not Dakota Fanning. It was Abigail Breslin who was in this movie. Ah, he was name. in science. Yeah. That's okay though. We'll give him a half a point for that one, uh, Caroline. Okay. Name. I would like you to name the three M Night Shyamalan movies that are collectively known as the East Rail One Seventy Seven trilogy. Are you serious? I um, am serious. The Village. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is the East Rail One Seventy Seven trilogy? That's um, right. Every other week I make these too easy, and this week I went way too hard. Can you ask me X Files questions again? Um, the Beach. Nope not no, not know. a movie. But keep going. That- <laughs> <laughs> Throw a clue out there, Matt. Is there one about witches? Are these all about witches? Uh, the Witch is not an M Night Shyamalan movie, but I have really enjoyed these answers so far. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, so I'm over three. I don't yeah. know what. I don't even never even heard this phrase in my that life. That would be unbreakable. Unbreakable sp- movie. Split and glass would be. I knew that. I, 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 didn't I, I, he, I didn't know, I didn't know that's know what it was, but them. I knew that was a trilogy. Yeah. I didn't know that he made them, and I didn't know there were three. Like I've heard of Unbreakable. <laughs> we're in trouble here. So far, so far, so far, Prince has what might be an uncatchable lead with half a point. <laughs> Caroline, you didn't know they were three because they came out like 20 years apart. Yeah. That's true. Is, is Samuel L. Jackson in those? He is. He's the unbreakable yes. guy. It's so he's not, in the se- he's not in the second one. Bruce Willis is, is the common thread. He's in okay. See, there's a little bit of it there. They're pretty, they're pretty good, actually. Um, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I like them. Okay. Uh, Prince, one of M. Night, the, let's say M. Night Shyamalan's most prestige filled cast has six Oscar nominees in it. Which movie is this? The Sixth Sense is not The Sixth Sense, it is The Village. The Village, which stars Adrian Brody, William Hurt, Joaquin Phoenix. Jesse Eisenberg, Sigourney Weaver, and Brendan Gleeson, who have all been nominated. Gleeson's is in that. Sigourney wow. Weaver is too. Yeah. Um, we are killing it. Look at yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen The Village. Oh man, wild movie. Um, all right, Caroline. Yeah. Which is M Night Shyamalan's smallest budget movie? 
his lowest budget. budget movie he's ever made. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm now I'm now I'm now extremely confident that not only will you will you not get it, you I've never heard of you it. You don't even know this movie exists. <laughs> so <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna make you watch this one because I think you actually might like it. I don't. It's not. I remember the one that's about the beach. That's old. The beach is called old. Yes, <laughs> but that's not it. <laughs> I'm just answering something they like put me out of my misery. It, it's called know. the visit. What? Have you not? So you're not aware of the visit? No. Oh no. When did that come out? <laughs> Not that long ago, uh, it's I, the it's a movie about scary old people. Um, oh, no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> okay, I, well, I, we're, you can put it away here, Prince. <laughs> you do have you both like, are going to have a, a shooter's chance at this last one. Okay, all right, Prince. In in the movie, there's a an M Night Shyamalan movie called Lady in the Water. It stars. Uh, among other people, an actor named Bob Balaban playing a movie <laughs> critic who gets killed. Who is the real life movie critic that this character is based on? You know what sucks about this? You know, I knew this. I knew this. I knew this trivia was coming, and I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't uh, know. <laughs> um, you really could just name movie critics and maybe have a shot at it. <laughs> Ebert. It is based God on Roger Ebert. I was hoping you'd say Cisco. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I knew which one, but like I was basically whichever yeah. one it was, I was hoping no. you'd say the other uh, one. Take that, Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up Roger, my second L ever. Roger Ebert hated the village so much, and uh, M. Night Shyamalan wrote him into a movie and killed him. Didn't um there's been a couple movies where wasn't the really really bad Godzilla? Didn't that have like a yes? Also, Roger Ebert gets killed in that movie. Yeah, yeah. poor wow. guy, man. He's got a tough, <laughs> tough going. They made him like, like him. Huh? Yeah, they made him real unlikable yeah. in Godzilla. Like he was like shoving his food in his face. And all yeah. Stuff. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, Carol, taking the L. Unfortunately, yeah. you have already lost. But let's see if you can get <sighs> something brutal. here. Save face. M Night Shyamalan's first R-rated movie, Caroline. Is it Sixth Sense? The Sixth Sense is is not rated R, oh. unfortunately. That would be The Happening, which is that's not uh, a real movie. That's Mark, you made that up, Caroline. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what this movie is about, and I oh want you God. to. I'm, I want you to tell me if you think I'm making this up or not. Okay. Okay. We're gonna do real or fake. Mark Wahlberg, fake stars, stars in the movie. <laughs> And the, and the premise of the movie is that uh, the wind makes people kill themselves. What? So that's different than The Mist, which he was also in? Mark Wahlberg is in The Mist? Wasn't he? Was, what's the one where he stands in the gas station and looks confused and angry? <laughs> no, that's the happening. Is that's that the, the happening? Yes. Damn it. Okay. Yeah, I did not know. Yeah. Ooh, tell your mother I said hi. <laughs> Look, I, I've I have obviously vastly overestimated uh, M Night Shyamalan's impact on on the pop culture world. It's just me and my weirdo friends that watch all of his. Movies. Well, I, you know how I feel about scary movies too, though. You really should. You really should see the visit. It is very weird. It is. Mm, it, it's. Okay. It's a. I, that's if I'm going to tell everybody to go see a, a Shyamalan movie they haven't seen. 
Go see The Visit. It's a movie where two kids are, it's found footage. It's, there's two kids like filming on their iPhone as they go visit their grandparents and really creepy, scary stuff starts happening oh, while they're God. there. Okay. Really good. He's good at using kids to, to build yeah. more. Almost all of his movies, I think, have pretty prominent kid roles. Um, yeah, that's... Including, I did see, um, yeah, including Sixth Sense, obviously. Yeah, what was there's? I really, I, just, I shouldn't use this example since I can't remember the comedian's name, but there's a stand-up bit where he's like, the reason that I think it might have been Nate Bargatze, where he talks about like the reason that the Sixth Sense made like worked for as like that was the twist was like he's talking to his wife for six months or whatever. And she just doesn't answer. him. <laughs> like, he's getting the cold treatment from his wife. Right. And everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like he probably did something to piss her off. Right. Not that weird. <laughs> Not that weird. Um, All right. Well, Prince handing Caroline a rare L in the trivia segment this week. Sorry. Congratulations. Second time only Prince. This is the second time. This is, I don't like I get shut out. I didn't even get shut out against Seinfeld. I picked she's, terrible. She's going to give me more work now. Yeah. <laughs> I picked terrible <laughs> questions, but uh, I, hopefully it was worth the jingle at least oh, for, 100%. for this segment this week. So, Prince, uh, do you have any um, other spooky season recommendations? Any other favorite October? Wow. You know what's funny is uh, uh, Joaquin's character in, in in the movie mentioned uh, the War of the Worlds. I think at yeah. one point, which was funny because I almost uh, went with that <laughs> one. So that's probably a good one. Uh, the Ring, maybe. Oh, Love the Ring, man. Really, Classic. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. I need to watch War of the Worlds again, and I just saw it on one of the fifty-five streaming things that I have. Um, but I saw it when it came out. I was in Japan for a summer training thing for the Navy. I was in uh, college still, and I walked out of it. and I was like, I hated that. I hated every second. But I was sitting next to a woman through the entire movie. I'm not even kidding you. The entire thing went. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Oh my god, that little girl! Oh my god! Like the whole movie, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I'm going to punch someone in a theater on base, and I'm just going to." That's end annoying in, jail. in a theater. Yeah, the movie does like, make you do that. Yeah, so I you know there's like watch it not with that experience. There's some so. there's some forms of audience participation in a movie that I think make it better, but that yeah, that sounds bad. Oh that god. doesn't yeah. sound helpful. Oh my god! Uh, but Are Prince. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you mentioned the mist too. Another another really good one that has a oh. devastating end to it. So. Oh great! <laughs> oh yeah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brutal ending to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Prince, but thank you so much for coming on. This was super super fun. Um, make sure everyone checks Prince out on Bet for the Win and with Prince's picks every week, sponsored by Betway. Uh, we're super proud of your hard work there. We love seeing all those videos. So. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Prince. No, thank y'all. Thanks, thank y'all for having me. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die: The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.